the next year, it w- I was riding with my sister, and she was pregnant at the time with my niece. And uh, a car came out of the parking lot and slammed right into my side of the car. Wow! And I hit up against the frame of the car, ended up uh, with a severe whiplash, took the natural curve out of my neck. And, you know, when they did the x-rays, it showed my neck actually straight and curving opposite direction. And I started getting, you know, all this problems from it and went through therapy. Well, while I was in therapy, I got a call back from the phone company said, hey, you know, we want you back. You could have your job back in this day and the other, but you have to start at this time. And I was like, oh, well, I'm in therapy, so that won't be possible to start at that time. They're like, well, we can't guarantee, you know, you your job if you don't start by this time. I said, oh, well, you're probably going to have to keep the job then because I won't be starting. <laughs> so I was relieved because I didn't want to go back. And so for me, that was like the perfect reason not to go back. It's like car accident, can't come back. Um, and that set me on a life of exploration because it was not too long after that, that I ended up taking an intern program at Time Warner Communications. It, it was cable vision at the time. It got bought out by Time Warner, you know, AOL and all that. And I learned production and I started working on shows. You're listening to The Grind and Gratitude Show. I am Danny Stone, and I've dedicated my entire life to helping people win. Win in their careers, win in their businesses, and win in their lives. This podcast is going to help you get on your grind and hustle to create the life that you love and walk in gratitude along the journey. Each episode, I'll teach you tools and tactics and bring you conversations with experts that will help you turn your passion into a thriving online business. Life isn't about wishing for something greater. It's about making it happen. There's something special about you. Grind until you find it. Be grateful when you get it. Welcome to the Grind and Gratitude Show. Let me first start by saying Coach Stone is in the building. If you are an avid listener to the radio, to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time, then you know, hopefully you're going to have some nuggets that you're going to take away from this conversation. Now, you know, when I bring you guests, it's always people that I believe in, people I admire, people who are making a difference out here in the world. And the guest that I have today is amazing. You're in for a treat. So let me just tell you a little bit about him before we jump into the conversation. With clients ranging from nonprofit organizations to authors to cyber geeks to artists, chefs, CEOs, business moguls, consultants, media media strategists, and innovation experts, Jason Hodge, a.k.a. the Jason Hodge, I love that, (laughs) is building a legacy of helping those uh, who work with, uh, who want to articulate their authentic stories. And we talk a lot about stories on this podcast to reach their impact and provide sustainable producing solutions that benefit the up and coming generations. He's a writer, a director, a producer, and former interim program director at Time Warner Communications, Faithpreneur and recipient of the Faithpreneur Weekend 2020 Legacy Gala Leadership Award. Definitely got to dig into that. Jason is a dad and a family man who spends much of his time raising his four boys, mentoring clients to help them get past the roadblocks, building upon the media mentorship and culinary program. 
serving kids and families in marginalized communities. Really, really important work in public school districts and, and virtually. And he's really about, uh, he's a health curious individual and educators alike through a new, newly developed series of healthy, tasty, non-toxic cuisine. Real, I love that. His program is on task to produce their first new media television network in support of his community partner-based programs by Q3 of 2020. This man is doing so many things. Let me welcome you to the show, the Jason Hodge. Welcome to the show, my brother. Hey, bro. How you doing? Hey, that's 2022, by the way. 2022. Yes. Right. Q3 of 2022. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, man, you're doing so many things. Uh, how do you find time to do all of these things? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, for me, it's just a very organic pro uh, process. The um, yeah, that is a good question. It, it's it's an organic process. I I don't particularly figure that I've got to find time. The time time kind of finds me, and uh, that is probably the only answer I have. The uh, the time finds me. I you know I run into opportunities, and I know that it's the hand of God. It's the hand of God to be able to do that. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so you've been in media for a long time. Yeah. How did you end up kind of getting into media? <laughs> Let's I start there. fell into that too. I, I was in, I used to be a director assistant operator uh, back in the early nineties and I got into a car accident. And so I was in therapy and I remember I had gotten fired from the phone company, mind you. Yeah. It was a whole other thing there. <laughs> And um, and the day that I got fired was like my liberation day. You know, I, I went in there with a smile on and my friends were like, well, you know, I got suspended, suspended pending investigation. That was the key term for we're getting your check ready. <laughs> <You're right laughs> here. And so I had the option of going to the, my family reunion, which was in Michigan, or hanging around to see what was going to happen with my job. So I was like, oh, I'm going to my reunion. And my uncle was like, well, do you want to do that? I mean, you know, don't you think you should stick around just in case? You know, I was like, I said, well, whether I have the job or not, I'm going to my reunion because I haven't seen you all in so long. So if I get fired because I'm going to the reunion, then say la vie, it's been great. If I keep my job, but I don't get to see you all, then I may as well be fired because I haven't seen you all in so long. So I said, no, I'm going to go and see you all. That's, you know, that was the only thing on my mind. So I went, when I came back, you know, I didn't go back into the company for them to do the exit interview. They mailed my check. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and then uh, the next year, it I was riding with my sister and she was pregnant at the time with my niece. And uh, a car came out of the parking lot and slammed right into my side of the car. Wow. And I hit up against the frame of the car, ended up uh, with a severe whiplash, took the natural curve out of my neck. And, you know, when they did the x-rays, it showed my neck actually straight and curving opposite direction. And I started getting, you know, all these problems from it and went through therapy. Well, while I was in therapy, I got a call back from the phone company said, hey, you know, we want you back. You could have your job back and this day and the other, but you have to start at this time. 
And I was like, oh, well, I'm in therapy, so that won't be possible to start at that time. They're like, well, we can't guarantee, you know, you your job if you don't start by this time. I said, oh, well, you're probably going to have to keep the job then because I won't be starting. <laughs> so I was relieved because I didn't want to go back. And so for me, that was like the perfect reason not to go back. It's like car accident, can't come back. Um, and that set me on a life of exploration because it was not too long after that, that I ended up taking an intern program at Time Warner Communications. It, it was cable vision at the time. It got bought out by Time Warner, you know, AOL and all that. And I learned production and I started working on shows. And one day uh, I was I had worked on like some comedy show. It was a lot of electronic field productions, EFP, they called it. And one day I happened to be at the studio. I was the only intern there. And the commercial side of the building, they said, hey, we need an intern to uh, work with us on this project. So then the director at the time, he says, oh, take Jason. He's good. So then they're like, okay. So I ended up going over there, started gripping, and then became production assistant. And then next thing I was working on a bunch of different broadcasts. We did an NFL shoot and, you know, it just wow. kind of kept on, you know, snowballing from there. Wow. And then I started working for the company and, you know, went from intern to employee as a cable caster. So I used to make sure that I used to basically pop tapes and machines, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. so it wasn't anything like huge, like, oh, my gosh, you were a cable caster. You, you know, I put tapes in machines and then I made sure that uh, the clients who were buying time that their show, their commercials were airing on the programs. And mm -hmm. so I did that. And then a boss, my boss took a liking to me and she was like, Jason, I need to teach you how to do what I do so that when I go on vacation, you know, I can be confident that somebody could take over. So I went into managing their database. And so I managed, it was about, I think we had about 1500 or so producers on wow. the and I used to make sure that their shows were scheduled and aired on time. And uh, I learned how to work with the uh, program that we had at the I think it was called Q&A. And she showed me how to build macros. And I started building macros. And then I started building master macros, macros that govern macros. I got real geeky about it. <laughs> Before I knew it, I started producing shows. And then at one point, when uh, she was leaving the company, she, she was actually leaving the department and going over to marketing. And she says, Jason, I want you to take over what I'm doing. You should uh, apply for the job. And she goes, because I'm not going to be here, but you know what you're doing already. I've trained you. You've taken it to another level. So then she didn't end up getting started in marketing on time because she's like, they have up until this time for me to start. And if I'm not in the marketing partner department fully, I'm leaving. And she was independently wealthy. Her husband owned a Cessna. I mean, they used to fly all over the world. She was pretty amazing. And I said, okay. And then she left. And then I applied for her job, but they said, well, no, you're not qualified, but they had me train her replacement. Isn't that so, something that's always interesting. You're not yeah. qualified, but here, train the next person. I, I thought her. I wasn't qualified. <laughs> right. Right. And so then after that, what ended up happening, excuse me, what ended up happening was um, I ended up, you know, leaving the company, but I freelanced with them, did some jobs here and there. I still remained an intern and still did my thing there because it was just access to some really good equipment. And, um, you know, so I just I just hung in there 
doing my little projects here and there. And then I got into producing radio. Wow. And then so from there, you know, I started producing at a, a, a company down in Los Angeles, really enjoyed it, started interviewing people. And I learned that I really enjoyed the story. It's like tell your story and tell me what the significance is of your story. Like, why does what you do make such an impact on people's lives? And I just became very people curious over that time. Mm. So that's how I literally fell into it. I did not have a plan that I was going to be doing any of this. But, but, you know, I think what you're saying is really, I mean, that's an amazing story, you know, going from something tragic that happened, which is you know, getting into a car accident and thankfully you and your sister were fine. Mm -hmm. But I think there's something there with um, a, taking a, a, a not so good or what could be a tragic situation and mm -hmm. using that as an opportunity to springboard or to be open to other opportunities. Right. And I see that with a lot of people, like sometimes in our mind, we have our career path laid out or our life mm -hmm. laid out. And when it doesn't go the way we want, we miss all of these opportunities because we're so focused on the way that it's supposed to go. Right. So what was it for you that just kind of like throughout your life, just, just made you kind of curious and go with the flow and explore new opportunities, right? Like, what was it that, cause a lot of people might've been like, nah, I, I I'm not, I'm not going to be an intern. Are you crazy? I go from working to an intern. Oh, yeah. So what was it for you that just kind of was like, you saw it as an opportunity. I'd intern any day. I'm going to tell you, I've been on over 3000 productions. Wow. And every time I've been on a production, I always learn something. And to me, being able to learn and to like, I would sit there and I've been on the universal lots. Matter of fact, I was in um, one of the Austin Powers movies, uh, the, the spy who shagged me. Oh, wow. And I was an extra. <laughs> And, and it was funny because I was on a commercial and I met uh, one of the casting agents for that movie on there. Uh, <laughs> and so he said, Jason, you'd be perfect for this movie. I had never heard of Austin Powers. And they had had a, another movie before this Spy Who Shagged Me. And uh, he was like, you'd be perfect for this movie. You know, because I had an afro, a beard, you know, <laughs> beat Nick Finn. And uh, I was like, yeah, okay. So... He says, you got you to gotta go down and, and audition for it. So I didn't end up going down initially. And then he called me. He's like, Jason, did you go down? I was like, no. He says, okay, they're having an audition this weekend. You know, go on over there. And so I went and I saw this huge line. And I was like, I'm not going to stand in this line. I'm, so I went to a party instead. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, at that time, uh, Shanice... Uh, uh, I don't know what Shanice's last name is, but uh, her name was Shanice Wilson. Uh, she was having a party. And so I was friends with, you know, her people and all of that. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to Shanice's party, you know, because, you know, they all were into food also. So, you know, we talked food and, and movies and whatnot. And then I got a call from Ray, like later on that week, he's like, did you go? I was like, oh, that was way too much of a line. I wasn't going to leave. <laughs> So then he says, okay, I talked to the casting director, his bosses, told them about you. You need to go. And I was like, so then I called them and they're like, okay, you know what? Ray said that, you know, you'd be perfect for this. Uh, and they said that, you know, you are skinny, you know, you got a, a fro and this, that, and the other. 
And like, is this true? I was like, well, yeah. And they said, okay, send us a picture. And if you're lying, we're going to kill you, but we're going to cast you. So I ended up going down to the casting, um, you know, call in uh, Hollywood. And then, so when I walked in, they're like, oh my gosh, you're perfect. So then I started, I think it was a few days after that is when we, uh, when I was on set. And then I, you know, they dressed me up in this thing. Uh, you know, you'll see it in the opening uh, uh, session of that movie. And it was one of the most fun times that I had because just kind of watching the movie come together and all of the things that took place, uh, every one of the moving parts, I was like, this right here, I could do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even about the pay. It was about, you know, and we did get paid really well for that one because we went into golden times. We shot for 16 hours that day. Wow. Yeah. Messed my foot up though, but (laughs) I I was in shoes that were too tight. And I was like, (laughs) so, 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 so like the love for media, you know, you seem to have that love for media early on. And so how did you make the transition from, you know, working for other people to kind of getting into your own entrepreneurship journey and your own business and then helping other people with media? How did that whole journey happen? You know, that's a, that's a good entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurship journey. That That's a good phrase on that. Uh, you know, I, I got to it. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. Uh, I, I don't know if I know anybody, if I know anybody in my family who doesn't have something that they do aside from their nine to five. Okay. My mom, uh, she, well, we started out in the entertainment industry. My mom, she was an exec. She was over publishing uh, in the music industry. Oh, okay. And uh, she did a lot. As a matter of fact, the things that she did in her work revolutionized how music is done today. Really? So, yeah. So, like, when you see um, the pictures or the shows and all of that that have the music in them from the artists, uh, you know, that was part of her work. Now that you see okay. the producers and the writers of the music, uh, them having prominence, that was her work as well. Really? She, That's amazing. Yeah, she, she was the one who spearheaded the uh, not only recognition, but instead of you just knowing the celebrities who sang the song, her campaign launched the careers of the writers and the producers who put the songs together. She was the one who had the uh, meeting with Lionel Richie before he jumped out of the Commodores and then became a solo act. Are you serious? Wow, that's big. She had a that's meeting major. With him and then um, you know, she asked him, hey, what do you want to do? And so when he says that he wanted to write ballads and he wanted to, to do this, she says, well, you know, you're going to need to make a decision. So she set him up with her hairdresser. And then she's like, you got to get it, have to get your uh, image together and all that. So uh, her hairdresser got him together and all that. And he stepped out in his solo career and he did, well, of course, great things, you know. It's Lionel Richie. Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, we were the Motown family. So it was, um, yeah, very, very, very interesting life in a, in a good way for us. So, so the entrepreneurship was in you from a young age mm-hmm. and. And then at what point did you decide, okay, now it's my time to kind of get out of these jobs and really start to spread my wings and 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 really launch my own, you know, Yeah, business? you know, I can't even say that it was that definitive. 
I never said like, oh, now it's my time to do this. Because even when I worked the nine to fives, I never saw them as the answer. Mm. You know, I saw them as I'm working a job right now, but I always had this uh, internal thing that I wanted to explore stuff and I'm still exploring stuff. So I, I think that when you are creative, you just find different mediums to express that creativity. I'm a chef. So my kitchen is the medium. I get in there and I will get down with some ingredients and do some things that will just, I mean, it'll grow your hair. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, no, I, I get down with the get down in the, in the kitchen. I, I love food. Um, and so with everything that I do, when I sit with it for a while, I ask the question of what story is it telling? So with food, it's the harmony of how those ingredients come together. With yes. people, it's the harmony of how their voices, their attentions come together. So when I'm working with people uh, or with clients and I am ferreting out their story, I ask questions that aren't just something that you get on a form document. Yeah. I really truly want to know, you know, who are you? You know, what, what are you about and why do you do what you do? Because if your authentic voice isn't coming to the forefront, I mean, that's my tower garden in the background. You got to excuse the the extra ambiance. But yeah, if you're not telling your story through what you do, you're wasting your time. And so my job when I'm working with a client to help them get to that core is to ask them those questions that aren't going to be the questions that gets you the run of the mill answer. It's to ask the questions that's going to get to the truth of the matter. What's the core? Who are you? And then let's display that. But that's a great question because there's so many people who are who feel stuck in a job right now mm-hmm. who are constantly looking out the window, wishing they were somewhere else, doing something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think those are like great fundamental questions that for people to ask themselves, like, yeah. who are you at your core? Mm-hmm. How do you want to serve others? Like start to ask you. You, you know, if you're not happy with where you are, I tell people this all the time in any area of your life, you only have mm-hmm. to ask yourself one question. What am I going to do to change my situation? Mm-hmm. And I think the questions that you ask clients, um, I think they're questions that people just either don't know or don't right. want to ask themselves. Because once you, once you start to ask yourself elevated questions, now you have to start to think about that. Yeah. Why am I at this job 10 years later when I only wanted to be here for one year? Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I love what you're talking about in terms of what's your story, you know, what type of impact do you want to make? These are all questions that anybody can ask themselves right now with where they are. And that's really, mm-hmm. really, really important. Hmm. And, you know, there's a key to that, though, because we can ask ourselves that question or somebody else can ask us that question. But the bigger question is how honest and transparent are we willing to allow ourselves to be? Because right. See, we tend to answer questions through the filters of what we believe we're supposed to answer. You know, mm. it's like, I, I'm not really supposed to say that I don't want to be this high powered lawyer. I want to be a juggler in the circus. Like something's wrong with that. So I can't really own that. Right. But when you do own the fact that, yeah, you may be a high powered lawyer, but that juggling thing can't let you go. There's something about it. Then when you embrace that, you may find that you end up with a juggling agency. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. just because you have a hobby doesn't mean that you can't extract multiple revenue streams from it to take care of you better than doing the nine to five or the career that you find yourself stuck in. It's just a matter of thinking it through and seeing, well, where are the leverage points? You know, I have this this saying, this acronym that I have been teaching for years, HELP, HELP, H-E-L-P, honor every leverage point. What are your leverage points in life? You know, how do you help yourself and help others? You know, what things do you bring to the table? And then how deeply do you look at them so that when all is said and done, you are getting the most return on investment in everything about you? That's so good. I love that acronym, HELP. I love that. That's really good. And so, like, what 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 would you say to people? Because I think sometimes in life, we're supposed to be one dimensional. You're supposed to have one thing that you do and just do that thing. And you're doing everything. You're a chef. You know, you have a media company, you're doing all of this, um, you know, uh, great community work, like you're doing so many things. How do you deal with people who try to say, try to tell you that you should only be doing one thing? Like, how is it possible? Like, do you get people like that? And how do you deal with them? I I don't deal with them. Um, And, you know, I, I think that it comes down to this. I don't think that the mechanism is the mission, you know? Ultimately, what I do and the talents that God has given me, it opens the door for a conversation. And I believe that, you know, and everybody has their thing, I guess. But for me, I believe that my design is to represent God in what I do. And in order to do that, I have to constantly ask myself the questions like, okay, is there more, you know, have I left anything on the table? What am I supposed to do now? And then give me that mindset so I can stay intentional about what I'm doing. So that I always remember that when I'm here, you're here. So then how do I make sure that I don't mess it up by just me showing up, you know, it's like, okay. And and so uh, for me, it's always the doors that, I find myself walking through, those are the doors that he's opened for me. Mm. And because of that, you know, I'm going to tell you, I have not found myself in any area that has been just by conventional means. Like, okay, I grinded this out. I worked for this and now I'm here. Right. No, I've had a conversation. That conversation led to impact and that impact led to an invitation, Mm. you know? And even at the studio, God has orchestrated it that way. You know, I ended up on shows that folks had been there for years and weren't selected for. Right. And they're like, yeah, get Jason in here. You know, I've been put on sets and they're like, okay, I'm there to do one thing, but I find opportunities to do the other things. And it's not like I've been looking like, okay, I'm going to scheme and get in there. (laughs) You know, I'm in, you know, it's been like, all right. You know, I I see this area over here and, you know, I think that if we just did this and we tweak the light this way or whatever that is, and then the production ended up being like, okay, that really worked. So I think that it's just a matter of understanding what your talents are and letting them do what they're supposed to do. So then they will make the room. You know, God says that his talents make room for us. So 
we just let those do that. That's so good, you know, and you talked about, you know, having an impact, you know, my whole mission is to help hero entrepreneurs make more impact, income and influence. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and so when you talk about impact, I think sometimes uh, people get focused on, well, I'm not this person. I can't stand on a stage like this person. I don't have the personality like this person. And then the comparison starts because you're looking at people who appear to be making a great impact. And we don't understand that sometimes it's just a one-on-one thing. Sometimes you taking the time to share your story, uh, fight through a difficult situation, uh, chase your, a goal or a dream that you that is so far out of reach that stretches you. It's all mm-hmm. of these things that I think sometimes we just get caught up with comparing ourselves to other people. And because of that, we just play small, right? We're just like, okay, I'm just going to set the bar so low that it's not going to change my life in any way. I don't have to worry about failure. I don't have to worry about other people's opinions. I'll just, it'll just be so low that it's okay. And I like the fact that you said you just walk in faith, know that you're meant to do something bigger and, and, and it'll come to you. And so you talk a lot about being a faithpreneur. Like, what mm-hmm. what is that? Talk about being a faithpreneur. Faithpreneur. Okay, so Dr. Stacy Grant, good friend of mine. Absolutely love her and her whole family. They're just awesome. Uh, so I met Stacy, Dr. Stacy, on. I don't know if you remember this app, Blab. Remember Blab? I don't Blab. Remember Blab. No. It was like the precursor to. Well, a few things. <laughs> Blab <laughs> was like a mixture of Periscope. I don't know if you remember Periscope. Yeah, yeah, I remember Periscope, yeah. So Blab and Periscope, they kind of like were here at the same time. Blab maybe a little bit before Periscope or kind of like simultaneous. And so Dr. Stacy was on one day and she had just started, you know, working in her social media stuff. And I ran into her on Blab. I was like, hey, welcome to Blab, you know. And so I saw that she was doing some things. I was like, okay, let me show you how to do this a little bit better. And then we ended up becoming friends because then I saw her on Periscope afterwards. I was like, oh, hey, saw you on Periscope. How are you doing? And then that turned into a friendship, which now we're family. I mean, she calls mom, mom, you know. My family knows her and her family. And and, um, so she had this book and and she still has it. It's a great book. Action, action, despite the distraction. Yes. And it is, okay. And and so the book, it, it just really goes into how do you get the things done despite the obstacles that come your way? And I mean, the book itself totally represented the book itself because two weeks before it was to go to print and publish the whole thing, her book was erased off of her computer. What? two weeks before yeah it was erased it was erased her file went missing everything and she had this launch party and everything in new york already set up you know i mean like it was a big deal and she's got some big deal people in her space so all these people are like booked and they're going to this event and so i get a call she's like jason do you know anything about formatting books i was like uh no sis I, you know, no, I don't. And I I didn't even know or think that I had the ability to be a quick study on that. I'm like, I can't touch that. I I said, (laughs) let me see if I, I don't know if I know anybody. So, you know, racking our brains. And I remember the conversation. Matter of fact, trying to think if I still have that. Anyway, so 
um, she ended up finding a, a formatter. And it was like over the weekend. Now her launch party, I think, was on Monday or Tuesday. Or oh, the lady was on vacation and she's like, yeah, you know, I've got this thing, the book, got erased, the blah, blah, blah. So she's telling the story. And she's like, okay, so when do you need this? She goes, mm, like in a couple of days. <laughs> like a couple of days. Like, and she said that, you know, if it was any other circumstance, the lady probably would have told her, yeah, because it's not even like she knew the lady. Like they had like right. this, you know. There was no relationship. No relationship, nothing for her to pull back on to say, okay, yeah, we're going to do this because, you know, you're just my girl or anything like that. None of that was there. The lady goes ahead and she takes it on, you know. And gets the book formatted and all that, like in a day. Okay. And then sends over the files to send the other. Dr. Stacy is sending it over to the printer. The printer shut his business down for the day to produce the book. Wow. Now, this is the day of the event. The event starts. She still has no books in her hand. Hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a big goal or a big dream that you really want to get done, but you just can't see how to make it happen? Is there a big goal that you've been struggling with for a long time? You just don't know how you can really make sure that you get it done? Well, let me help you. I have a course that's called the Get It Done System. And in that course, I teach you how to get your goals done. All you got to do is go to IamDannyStone.com slash get it done and you can find out more information. Take care. Talk her about cutting it close. Sister, yeah, her mother and sister were across town. And this is New York, Brooklyn. So the cross town isn't like <laughs> we're five minutes across the street. No. You already know, right? Yeah. Her mother and sister are picking up the books and stuff. They're coming through traffic, cross town. The event has started. Next thing, they come through the doors with the books. The event is going on. So that was the first major lesson in, regardless of what happens, what you think is happening, you keep on moving. Yeah. You don't let anything stop you. You push through. And she had the books in the hands of the people who ordered the book that day. Now, fast forward, that ended up parlaying into her, her gala in honor of her grandmother. And then that parlayed into the first Faithpreneur Weekend, 2018. Mm. Now, I had never met Stacy, Dr. Stacy, in person, right? Never met her family in person. But she told me, hey, brother, you know, I'm doing the event and this, day and the other. And I want you to come and I want you to uh, train on, on one of my panels. And I was like, okay. So... At this point, we had already had, you know, like three years of history. Right. And, um, you know, I had helped her out in different projects here and there. Um, had a lot of fun doing it. And so I go up to New York and, you know, just getting up there. Talk about obstacles that. From present. where? Where were you living at the time? Uh, Washington State. I'm still okay. in Washington State. Okay. So flying over there, there was different obstacles that were happening. And, and everybody had their story of like all the things that happened prior to their getting there. And then so she had the first event at the Marriott Marquis, like in the heart of, you know, um, right there where the ball drops for the New yeah. Year's deal. Yeah. So then 
I get in there. And so I meet Drew, you know, her husband. And, uh, you know, so she's getting the, bro- not brochures, the, the programs and stuff for the event. Now I had designed up the program because it was uh, like, okay, I need a program. So I was like, oh, let me see what I could do. So design that up, send it out to her. And then so the printer printed that off too. Uh, so Drew comes in, he's got all the equipment and stuff. And then they put me to work. <laughs> so <laughs> we set the stuff up. And, um, and then so we get everything set up. And at this point, I'm like, okay, I need to go and get ready and shower up before I knock everybody out. <laughs> uh, so I missed the first part of the gala, you know, getting ready and all that. And then the hotel has a very interesting elevator where you can't just hit the button and go up. You have to wait. And you know, interesting, you know, mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like it before. So I get ready, come back down. And then so the next day was the day where we did the training and stuff. And then I geeked out with the training, talked about, you know, mastering your media, which is how that got birthed. Uh, and um, I was on a panel with Pam Perry uh, wow. with Speakers Magazine. Yeah. So friends today, uh, really good people. Um, let me see. Uh, Del- I don't think Del- was Delano on my I'm not sure if Delano was on my panel or somebody else's panel, but um, met Delano and quite a few other people. Um, uh, Steven with Weibo and, um, you know, uh, and I met Carmen Herrera, which I'm working with Carmen now. Okay. Uh, uh, Carmen Wealth is is her her tag, uh, Wealthpreneur, and she does Wealthpreneur Wednesdays on Clubhouse. And she's doing a 60-day financial um, challenge boot camp right now. Okay. So, so all of these things just kind of unfolded and it all started with the one action. And then the next year, uh, I didn't have my ticket up until two hours before I was supposed to get on the plane to get there. You know, I was going through some health challenges also. My mom was like, do you think you should really be taking a trip up to New York with all these things going on? I was like, yeah, yeah. I said, I'm supposed to go. And she's like, okay. <laughs> so... The next thing uh, I said, okay, let me get on. And we were moving at the time too. So it was all these things intersecting. Uh, and it was, I think it was designed for me to say, okay, you know what? There's just too many things going on. I'm just going to have to call Dr. Stacey, say, hey, look, I really would like to come, but it's just not going to happen. I was like, no, it's supposed to happen. So I ended up getting on the plane, you know, God told me, make sure that you get yourself fully ready, shave the whole deal before you get on the plane. I'm thinking like, now I could do that at the hotel and all that. I listened, got there, hotel, for some reason, my reservation was not in place. Oh my gosh. So I was like, okay. And then I just chuckled. I said, praise God. I said, I listened because I was already ready to go. I was conference ready. And so got there. And then I had these brand new Puma shoes. I know this is extraneous, probably get edited out. But <laughs> no, no, tell it, tell brand it. Brand new Puma shoes that I'd own, I probably wore once or twice. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna wear my Pumas. I'm gonna be the total geek, ready right, to go. Right. I put my shoes on, start walking. Next thing I feel crack, crack. And then the glue on the shoe oh, no. cracks. So now oh. my shoes are doing this. Oh, no. <laughs> Man, this is like embarrassing. So we did it with one shoe and then eventually the other shoe. So I'm just like talking as I'm walking. Oh, no. 
And I'm like, now this is really bad. I said, if I didn't have a strong enough self-esteem, <laughs> I probably wouldn't get up on that stage. So you still got up on the stage I with your sneakers? Stage, yeah. Oh my goodness. Shoes, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I gave people resources and this is what you do with them and all that. And that went over very well. I met Ladrine. Uh, she's, uh, she's got the company do it. And, uh, which is delivering on ideas and thoughts. Oh, and I like that. Amazing story. She's awesome. And, you know, so I, I just met a lot of people there, you know, in person. Some of them I met in person who I'd known for years. T.C. Cooper, loved right. T.C., met her there in person. And, you know, it just was a, an amazing event. You know, met Lethia Owens, you know, so amazing. It sounds like you met a lot of amazing people. Yeah, there. amazing people. And it was a, a great time. And it was a an awesome demonstration that there are always going to be obstacles that present themselves. Yes. And you have to determine that you're going to continue to take the next step. God requires us to take the next step, not to figure out how the step is going to be taken. So we have to put our foot out and then make, you know, uh, contact with the pavement and then take the next step and the next step and the next step. And when that happens, then things just start to work out because you're pushing through those issues, yeah. <laughs> you know, those obstacles that would otherwise make you come in agreement with failure. You know? But that's so hard to do. Like, how did how does somebody just get up? Like, how do they you know, they've fallen down so many times they've tried to you know, better themselves in some in mm-hmm. whatever area of their life. They've had failed relationships, all of these things. How do they just say, look, I've tried to get back up. I just can't. Like how, how, what, like what advice would you give somebody right now who's struggling with just getting back up? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, the fact that you were sitting there contemplating that you can't means that you can <laughs> because you're sitting there contemplating, you're still breathing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I had my own tragedy. As a matter of fact, in the midst of uh, that whole scenario, the first year, 2018, you know, I was, I was on the other side of a divorce, which was the wow. beginning of a roller coaster ride. Wow. 2019, I was in the thick of, you know, a whole custody battle. And the key was that, yeah, things are always going to be going on. You know, I was in the midst of a health crisis also. All of that at the same time? Yeah, same time. It was it was like an intersection, a really bad intersection and a really good intersection at the same time. And I'll explain that because, OK, so when I got divorced, you know, and it wasn't me who says, hey, I, I want out of this marriage. Uh, it came at the point where uh, I thought everything was amazing and great. And that amazing and great went from I love you, I love you, I love you. And oh, yeah, you know, my wife, my children, this, any other to. Yeah, yeah, I'm leaving you. No, wait a minute. Wait. Aren't we supposed to have like an argument? We're supposed to go like in this downwards. There was spiral. none of that. There was no argument. None of that. There was wow. none of that. So I was like, okay. So for me, my whole world just literally was broken apart. I'm like, I don't even know how to cope with this because I thought that you're supposed to have arguments. They're supposed to be, you know, stepping out on the relationship. All of these things. And none of that was there. So I was like, how do we go from this to that? So that was the first devastation um, you know, blow. Second thing was I had this health challenge back in 2012. I got bit by a spider, went really bad. 
I think I went septic or something like that. I got to the really? point where I wasn't walking anymore. I what? Was army crawling through the house, you know, couldn't wear clothes because it would just peel my skin off. It was just really bad. And horrible. I looked like somebody actually took me, dipped me into charcoal because there was like this line that went across my body. And from that line down, it was like almost charcoal black. Are you my serious? Skin, yeah. From the spider skin, bite. From a spider bite. Because the spider bite, I think what it did was it took some kind of bacteria into my system and it just started eating me, you know, not to get too graphic. No, no. But, I mean, this is, this yeah. is interesting. But yeah. And so I lost the feeling in the tissues in my arms. And, you know, so the first indicator was one day I was in the shower. And so I'm showering up, you know, and then when I got out and I dried myself off, there was all this blood all over the towel. And I was like, what in the world's going on? And then I realized that I had dried, you know, like peeled the skin off my arm as I'm drying. It just chunked off. And I was like, this is probably not a good, <laughs> good sign. And then it went from that to uh, getting worse and worse. So I started, you know, wrapping my arm in clay and herbs and all of that just to keep everything under control. And my wife at the time was a nurse and she said, you know, do you want to go to the hospital? I was like, no, I said, because if you if I go in there, you know, you and I both know I'll come out without toe tag. And she just nodded her head like, yeah, you're probably right. So I said, I'll take my chances at home. Wow. So you started doing uh, a lot of herbs, uh, you know, and, you know, I do have a background in herbology. And oh, you do. Yeah. Yeah. OK. But what I was doing was not working, right, <laughs> you right, know, so right. I was like, OK. And I got to the point where I tried everything that I knew and I was still rotting away, literally. And so I was at the foot of the stairs when I was, you know, in a pity party. And I was sitting there just crying. I'm like, you know, God, I don't want to leave my wife a widow and my children, you know, half of an orphan. I don't know what half of an orphan is, but, you know, we're half orphans. So mm-hmm. I said, but I don't know what to do. I've done everything that I know. You know, I've changed my eating. I've done this, that and the other. So I like was going down this checklist. And at the end of it, I felt him like say, like, are you done now? I was like, yeah. So he says, okay, I need to show you something. So he says, go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom and he says, look in the mirror. He says, that's not skin. I was looking at the skin on my arms. He says, that's not skin. It's fungus and it's competing for your skin. You need to debride it. I think that was the first time I heard the word debride. And so now looking it up, it's like, oh, that meant to like scrape the stuff off. So I started doing that and it came off like little microscopic mushrooms. Ooh, There's a lot wow. of blood and stuff and all that, but you know, it healed afterwards. Like after I scraped it off, then I was like, I saw like new skin coming in within days, the skin had replaced it and it had regenerated. And so I stopped eating all carbs. All, you know, I started making things like kimchi, which I can make some serious kimchi now. Oh Yeah. Oh, I can get down with kimchi. <laughs> yeah. And so so I had to now take even my eating to a different level. And now when I look back, you know, retrospect to something else, what it teaches me is that we can never get comfortable where we are. We can never get comfortable in the knowledge that we think we have, because even at the top of our knowledge, we are so far away from the knowledge that we need to have. So true. So we have to dig in deeper. We have to go further. We have to press in. 
And those those times, there are those times when you're pressing in and it feels like I'm not getting anywhere. And those are the times where you have to hold the front. You know, you got to hold the port and stay and continue to press and ask questions. How do I press now? Because I, I'm only used to pressing in this way. But how do I do it at this level so that I get the impact? And so as you're questioning and as you are getting in that space between you and God, then what ends up happening is that you feel alone. You may feel alone. I did. And then you realize, wait a minute, it's not that I'm alone and not that he's left me and not that we don't have a connection. I need to understand him at a more subtle place so that I can hear him and feel him without having to have the demonstrations that I needed before. So it comes to a place of really knowing. And that translates into when I deal with the client, when I deal with what what it is that I do, I don't have the bells and whistles. I instruct bells and whistles for others. I'm like, okay, no, you need to do this. And this is what what it is that's being said here through your work or whatever. So I peer deeply into what they're doing. I ask core questions. And it's because I had to ask core questions to me and I had to get really real with myself, even when it came to um, my marriage and the breakdown of of my marriage. I didn't look at you did this. I looked at, okay, so what's my role in this? Where am I at? What am I supposed to learn with this? And my biggest concern was not to be bitter, not to be angry. Mm. I said, okay, I need you to teach me, Father, how not to be angry, how to take this for what it is. You said that all things work together for my good because I love you and I am called according to your purpose. So how does this play out? What I am I supposed to get from this yeah. that I can grow? Okay. Yeah, that, that would have been a tough, that would have been tough to find it in that moment to try to figure out where's the good in this, right? Yeah. 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 And I'm telling you, um, the first leverage point that he used was my children because I couldn't be angry at their mother without harming them. Because even our anger towards our spouse or ex or whatever, when you have children involved, that hurts your children. You may not say anything about them, but your attitudes about them can hurt them. Because that can shut them down in a way where they don't feel free to be able to talk to you about things that are concerning them or mention their other parent without feeling like I can't mention my other parent because mommy or daddy's going to get angry if they hear that name. I had to make it real level. Like you talk to me about anything and they'll ask me, dad, can we pray for mom? I was like, absolutely. And I had to learn, you pray, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you pray yeah. and don't get all upset and don't have it have a prayer with a growl oh, father god you know you know amen right you no know, i had to really understand and then what god was able to do with me was to give me a different level of compassion because he said to me one day he says you don't know her story hmm. i'd like hmm. and i sat with that for a while it's like you're right And you see, and we can easily give a lot of leeway to a perfect stranger. We don't know their story, but we're willing to sit and listen to their story. But to those that we said that we love and that we pledged our love, our undying love forever and ever, 
We don't give them the time of day when it comes to things on mess ups and we don't have compassion. So we get into this war and it's a war of will and we try to, we try to, to control. And I'm like, you know, I can't do that. So he grew a compassion in me. He says, you know, everybody has a story and you cannot, you cannot fault. And, and I'm not saying this in relation to her or anybody else. I'm saying this a general saying now. It would be foolish to get on a person who has a cold for coughing. Why are you coughing? I have a cold. Okay. You cannot take a person who is reacting to their circumstances and say, why are you reacting? Because I haven't learned how to respond. Okay. So don't fault me for now having a reaction to the pain that I have experienced. And so after coming to that, I realized, you know what? I can't do this. I can't be angry. You know, I have to actually, and, and not have to like, it's my obligation, but I owe it to her. Just like I owe it to every person that I meet to have some compassion and to not now try to be like, uh, 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 you know, and the same thing with me. I, I'm like, you know what? There's areas that I react to, a lot of areas in life that I react to. So I have to level set quite often with myself and say, okay, so you're reacting to this. Why? What is it about this that is triggering that reaction? And a lot of times it comes from the fear of rejection. Mm. The control mechanism is to be angry because I don't want you to over one up me or whatever that is, right? There's a whole slew of angles that it comes from, from a spherical standpoint. But when you get to that center point and you realize this is what it boils down to, now, why am I there? And then you'll see what relationship, what experience created that identity for you to say, this is how I respond or react to things. Listen, then, yeah, <laughs> D. Jason Hodge, man, you are dropping some like gems right now. Like these are big, like the fact that we can be more compassionate and forgiving yeah. of strangers than the people closest to us. I mean, that that in itself. So mm -hmm. then you have, you know, you have to go introspective. You have to go into yourself to ask yourself, well, what, how can I be so forgiving of strangers? who may have done me wrong over and over again, but yet mm -hmm. somebody who I'm close to, I'm supposed to love, I've had a relationship with it and at some point in time, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. can't. Sure. Like that's, that's really powerful, like to really look at yourself and to also understand like how, how, am I, how did I contribute to this situation? Exactly. And we're so easy to point to the other person, but like, exactly. how did I contribute to this? And yeah, I think that's, absolutely. those are questions that we have to ask ourselves in many types of relationships that we have, mm -hmm. romantic relationships, mm -hmm. family, business relationships, uh, partnerships, everything. Yeah. yeah. And you know what I, what I learned in that whole thing is that my communication skills sucked. <laughs> Isn't that something? And you're in, you're in media all this time. <laughs> all this time, communicating with others, drawing out stories, mine sucked. Wow. And, and, the, and what I realized is that See, in my family coming up, we did not really talk about issues. If something went down, we just be like, all right. And then we just kind of, 
My you family's know, the same. Then, My family's yeah. the same, Jim. Done. Yeah. And so, so that taught me that you don't address issues. You just kind of put them aside and then, you know, keep on going. And if it's something that's really bad, you probably don't talk to the person for years. You know, you have this little underlying grudge. Right. And it wasn't until I got to the other side of that's like, that's stupid. Because again, we talked to perfect strangers, but now this family member over here who didn't pay you back on this, or this family member over here who said this embarrassed you or whatever. Now you got this thing against them. It's like, really? Coaches, bosses, they embarrass you all the time. Right. You still show up to work and you still have a smile on your face. It's true. It's true. You still been at that job for 10 years, still going on 17 years with the same boss. Yeah. How can you muster up the stuff to be okay with that, but you can't muster it up for your own family or your own friends, neighbors, whatever. So, you know, we kind of have a life of hypocrisy, you know, and and we have to embrace that. We have to embrace that and, and realize that uh, I think that we tend to put things in bad or good scenarios. And because of those scenarios, we try to override that and say, oh, no, it's not there. No, no, it's not there. No, I'm perfect. Everything's great. It's like, no, everything's not great. Mm-hmm. You have some areas in your life that just are downright messy and you need to embrace that. Say, so, yeah, I'm, in a, I'm messy over here. No, that's, you know, that's great. And, and you know, you were talking about your relationship. You got four boys and I see you mm-hmm. on Instagram and, and, and with the boys, like I just love seeing those videos, and, and I love seeing the the relationship and the education, and the mm-hmm. uh, you know what, like why why did you decide to just you know to do that? Because sometimes you know people don't show their family on social media and all that. Mm-hmm. Why did you decide that you wanted to have these conversations with your your boys and, and show them on social media and show that relationship? Because as a black man, I think it's really important that we see. Right. You know, a, a man with their children. And so why did you decide to do that? Or was it just something that just gradually happened or you made a conscious decision to do that? You know, actually, um, they tend to pop in and like, Dad, I want to do a live video. So you want to do a live stream? Really? Yeah. I mean, from the time that I was periscoping first, my oldest would like to get on camera with me when I'm cooking my frittatas and talking business. So wow. I'm like, right. So they grew up seeing that. And and it's not that I liked it. I mean, for the longest time, I did not post any pictures of my children, you know. And when family or friends would take pictures, I'd like, don't put it on social. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, don't put it. And they're like, ah, Jason and his, you know, whole thing. It's like, you know, so secretive. And I was like, well, no, I just don't think that they need to be plastered all, all over the place. And it came to a certain point, though, that, you know, they were always around me. I mean, my children were with me 24-7. They started out homeschooling. Okay. And, you know, they were reading from a very early age and they were always into things. And I love being around my children. Mm-hmm. So uh, it wasn't like, oh, let me make a statement. It was just like, this is what I'm doing. So, and they're like, dad, can we do this? So it's like, okay, yeah, we could do this. So, so it was more just documenting. You were just documenting what was happening at the time and you were always with them. So it was just a natural thing. It's just life. And it's kind of funny because when um, now I teach people how to do their social media and I, I run some pretty successful classes on that and on their media and, you know, telling the story and all that. 
and I probably break every one of my rules. <laughs> you know, because I'm like, you know what? Sometimes you need to just relax and need to not be on the grind. You yeah. Know? And I think that if you can, I mean, there is one thing where we took the boys out and we went uh, on those um, carts, you know, where you pedal. Oh, yeah. The pedal yeah, okay, carts. So, yeah, it's like it was like four to a thing. And then one of them, I think, had yeah, both of them had four. And so then we're pedaling the carts and I'm live streaming and I'm saying, OK, wait, watch those people. You know, so <laughs> so it was a scary ride. It was a very scary ride. Right. But um, it was fun. And I think that we get so caught up in the facade of success mm-hmm. that we forget <laughs> Who are you doing this for? Yeah. Are you doing this because you want to have memories with your family? You want to have the time freedom to do what you want to do. You know, you want to impact lives in a certain way, but you don't want to lose yourself in that process. If that's the case, then why are you hiding the real portions of you? Mm. I don't get all dressed up to get on camera. Well, as well, you can tell right here. <laughs> But, um, you know, but I can dress it up when I need to. But the thing is, is that, you know, I think there's something to be said about being real. Mm. You know, I am corny as all get out. Yeah. Unfortunately, my children are too. (laughs) When they tell a joke, I'm like, wow, that came from me, huh? (laughs) (laughs) But what I've seen with them is that normalizing them being them and not having to put on airs that i think if everybody had that there would be more people walking around in freedom you see sometimes we get caught up in our celebrity a hundred percent yeah and so then we get on a pedestal that people put us on so we're afraid to be real afraid to mm-hmm. be normal afraid to show up and it's like wow okay you didn't kind of clean everything up huh And what happens is that you remove the permission from others who look to you for them to be real too, Mm. which creates inherent pressure. You know, I mean, there's so much pomp and circumstance and I I get it. You know, we have to show up a certain way on media. And again, when I'm dealing with clients, I'm like, you gotta have this, 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 that I'm like, and for me, it's like, why don't you have all of this stuff? Mm. You know, I mean, like I sent you that thing, um, the photo shot. In, yeah. in, okay. And I know you're not supposed to send iPhone photos out. No, that's fine. <laughs> but, but, but you, you know, I think Jason, the, the thing that you're really saying that's really important is that you're fine. Just being who you are, just be true I to who you it. are. Don't worry about the likes and the follows because the people who are going to like and follow you and the people who really need your message are going to resonate with you just being the way that you are. Not Absolutely. because you're wearing something, not because you're using certain words, not because the the filter on your on, on the video looks this. It's like, mm-hmm. what is your message? Right. And think about it like to? this. If you have to do all of that to get the person, what are you going to have to do to keep them? <laughs> so. My thing is like, look, if if you're not interested in what I say or how I think, then all the other stuff that I do on the outside is not going to matter because I can make it like this. And then I can fool myself into believing that I've got friends and followers and all that. You're following the persona. You're not Mm. following the person. That's good. So I'm like, 
Yeah, I'd rather build something that's real so that when I think about it, I could pick up the phone and say, hey, Danny, what you got going on? Right. Let's go grab a bite to eat over here right. and feel comfortable about that instead of like, are you going to pick me up in the rolls? Yeah, right, right, right. Is right. this a five-star restaurant? Right. And even if I do pick you up in the rolls, I expect you to be wearing something, a certain exactly. outfit. You, know, I'm you better come in the suit. suit, you know? <laughs> right. like, really? No. But, you know, Jason, one of the things that I, I see, you know, I, I talk to, you know, coaching clients all the time about, I say, you got to raise a bar. A bar is an acronym. Mm-hmm. Raise your level of asking for what you want, mm-hmm. believing that you're going to get it, taking action mm-hmm. and receiving it. Mm-hmm. And people are okay sometimes with asking, you know, most of the time we're not good with all of that, but we're okay with asking sometimes. Sometimes the belief comes and it goes. Sometimes we take a little bit of action and we don't. But I find the biggest challenge for people is the receiving part mm-hmm. because we expect it to be a certain way. And so one of the common things, themes that I see with you, and it's not even a theme, just the way that your life is kind of unfolded is that. Mm-hmm. You just receive things. You you allow God, the universe, to just flow within you, and and so like it's no it's no. Now I understand how you can do all of these things, mm-hmm. like how the food came about and eating healthy, right? It, it came as a result of a spider biting you. How you got into oh, no, media? No, 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 no. The eating healthy was before that. Oh, it was before that. But yeah, the really was, the, the studying was, and all that, that stuff. Yeah, oh, the herb, the it's herbs. And- of, it's because of the herbs and all that that I knew what I thought I knew to do. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that was from the time I was a teenager. Oh, so you've been, you've been. In, yeah, in- from junior high, I was on this path. Wow, yeah. it just seems like the, the the fact that you allow things to come in and just mm-hmm. unfold mm-hmm. when you're not when you're not really tied to the outcome. So many of us are tied to the outcome of things that we miss mm-hmm. the opportunities. Oh yeah, totally. You know, we're, we're and, so I, and I see that. Control. Yeah. Totally. So mm-hmm. so I got a, I got a couple more questions for you then we're going to wrap up, but like what what's one thing cuz you know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that that are probably listening and people have a mm-hmm. business and and they're really trying to get their product or their service or their message out to the masses. You know, what's one or two tips that you would you would give people from like a media perspective in terms of like how they get their story, their message, their product, their service out to the masses? Right. Well, I would say that the major thing is to really discover how you can serve your marketplace. Okay. Too many of us are going into it looking at what's in it for me. <laughs> and nobody cares about what's in it for you. It's a what's in it for them with it. W I I F T. What? Wait. Yeah. With him? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No, with it. With him. What's in it for me? No, no, no. With it. What's in it? Oh, for with them? it. Uh. Okay. We have to think with it. They think with them. Yeah. That's we what I was saying from their perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but from the entrepreneur's perspective and the business owner's perspective, yeah. What's in it for them? And, and I, I, I have this saying. I've never in my life seen a farmer expect to harvest anything that he has not planted. <laughs> and we spend so much time nowadays trying to harvest before the tree has even broken ground. It's not even a sapling. We're like, where's the fruit? He's like, where's the water? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. where's the, the fertilizer? Where's the nutrients? Where's the nurturing? So we have to be willing to build our forests. 
And we have to nurture our forests. And we do that by nurturing other people's forests. They mm. see it's kind of counterintuitive. Yeah. If we spend so much time on thinking about us, you're going to grind it out straight up. You're going to grind it out. You're going to have a hard way going. You, you will get there if you just keep at it. But you're not going to get there by people putting you on and saying, you got to know this person right here because it's all been about you. Right. But when you operate in, I mean, straight, pure service, doors open because your gifts have made room for you. You see, I ended up becoming great friends with Dr. Stacey N.C. Grant, not because of anything other than I served. And I wasn't serving because I'm like, oh, Dr. Stacey N.C. Grant, let me get in there and strategize. It was like, no. You know, I saw a need. I didn't even know who she was, to tell you the truth, when we first met. I didn't know that she was an international speaker and did all this amazing work. That wasn't what it was about. And most of the people that I know that I'm good friends with now, I didn't know their background. Even though I'm in media, I'm very green on what's out there in that sense. Okay. To the back end of things. But the people who are on the forefront of it, inconsequential. Mm -hmm. My question is, is, what kind of impact are you making inside of your marketplace? And if you can't answer that question, then that's where we need to start. You need to figure out what your relevancy is. So figure out your relevancy. You know, don't try to harvest where you haven't planted. Uh, And you'll find that if you are working on somebody else's forest, they will throw you some fruit here and there. And before you know it, you got a forest of your own. That's so good. That's so good. I love that, Jason. That's that's so good, man. Man, you dropped some knowledge in here. I got two more questions for you that I ask everybody. Uh, so what does grind mean to you? Mm. Grind to me, like I look at the visual of that and it like just wears you down. And so I had to, and I still work on that, getting out of the grind of things because the word says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Mm. And so for me, the, the grind, if you will, that we should be doing is trying to find or grind our way down to that core. Like, what am I supposed to be doing with this talent that you've given me so that I can now speak and operate from that place? Because you don't have to remember that. You don't have to script it. You don't have to work your way up to that. The real thing is the real thing. And it impacts every time without fail. When you are inside of your element and you are speaking from that core place, the power that comes through your words, it impacts people, it impacts, you know, spaces. It changes the energy because that is the realest place that you can get. The realest place is your core, your design. So now when you deliver, it's like, you know, Houston, we have liftoff. This is what it's about. This is what I'm here to do. And this is how what I do impacts you. So you you aren't in a space of questioning like, is this or is this not? You move and you're purely moving and that energy moves you to the destination. And it helps the others who are you are moving get there. And then it's like, it gives you these moments of clarity. It gives them moments of clarity and transformation. When you have clientele, who will break down in tears because they finally hear their authentic voice and they hear you hearing them and they see you seeing them. It's a transformation because it's like, 
I never knew that it could be like this and that it should be like this. There is too many liars. And I'm not saying this disparaging. There's too many liars in business right now. They're afraid to tell the truth. So they end up being trapped by their own business. I refuse to be trapped by my business. Okay. So that means that I have to constantly dig to know the authentic reason on why I'm doing things. And that way, so long as I don't violate that, it's going to win. And it may not show up the way that I think it's going to. Inconsequential, doesn't matter. The fact that it wins means that it's doing what it's supposed to do. And that means that I'm going to get to the finish line and I'm going to get there with a whole lot more friends than if I were to just run alone because I'm grinding it out. Ah, that's so good. That's really good. Uh, and my last question is, what does gratitude mean to you? Mm. Gratitude. Gratitude, you know, that is something that we should have every single day. If nothing more than we woke up. Because when you wake up, no matter how bad things seem, you have another opportunity. Whether the opportunity is to adjust your perspective on what you consider bad, or if the opportunity is to change or transform that which is bad. When you're grateful, you see, when you get off into the ingratitude, if that's a word, what you're saying is that all of the blessings that I have mean nothing because this one little thing that has now derailed me, that takes precedence over everything that God has blessed me with. And to me, that's ridiculous because that's like spitting in the face of God, you know? Um, yeah, I don't like the fact that, you know, I got this thing happen, repo, whatever. I don't know, whatever you got going on in your life. And then you turn all of your attention over to that. Like people, 99 people could tell you, oh my gosh, this was amazing, this, that, and the other. And one person says, I didn't like that booger in your nose. Oh my gosh, I had a booger in my nose. And so you're like, wait a minute. So the 99, my show up was powerful enough for them to override the booger in my nose. And I'm going to get caught on the fact that this one person saw the booger in my nose. So now I'm going to go into a state of depression, like, oh, yeah, and I was on national TV with a booger in my nose. And now what do I do? I'm the laughing stock. 99 people just told you how much transformation that they got from your presence. So we have this quit getting stuck on stupid. You know, we get stuck on stupid things sometimes. And it's something I have to remind myself of quite often. Don't get stuck on stupid today, Jason. Keep on moving. <laughs> Wow. D. Jason Hodges, man, thank you so much. Like you dropped a lot of knowledge. You know, one of the things I love about you too is, you know, ever since I met you on Clubhouse, I don't even know how long ago, five months ago or something. I just, you know, the first time I heard you speak, I just heard the the authenticity, the transparency, the openness, the honesty, um, and the realness. And that's what kind of made me gravitate towards you. And then once I started finding out all the amazing things you're doing with your media company and, and, you know, being a chef and all that kind of stuff, I was like, I really like this guy. And we've had an opportunity to connect over Clubhouse and, you know, you had me on your podcast and all that other stuff. And so I just want to thank you, man. I just want to thank you for just being you, for everything that you're doing out here in the world to, to help entrepreneurs and businesses just really tell their stories and impact the lives of other people. And, um, you know, before we go, like, let people know where they can find you, how they can connect with you, all mm -hmm. that's good stuff. 
Yeah, I have a resource um, page, if you will, and it just continues to build over the days. I'm like, oh, throw this on there. And if you go to asktjh.live forward slash resources, and that's ask as HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash ask ask tjh like dj's notch dot live forward slash resources and then you get to my resources page and there's a whole lot of stuff on there if you are starting a business if you need stuff that deals with the legalities of things specifically internet legalities like if you need you know your uh, legal papers your privacy policies all those type of things for your website or for your agreements with uh you know virtual assistants or work for hire for graphic artists and things like that so that you own your stuff when everything is finished, then that's, you know, one of the buttons on there will take you to the resource that I use for that. You know, if you are looking for ways to automate your business and to scale things up and to put systems in place that can not only build your site, but like we have one, one project that we're finishing up and it is the answer to the Airbnb thing for Airbnb folks or real estate people or folks who have stuff that they want to convert into that mm. from maps to, I mean, all the geeky stuff, like it makes Airbnb want to go home and take some lessons. Wow. So, yeah, you know, so if you, if you're looking for real resources, you know, I'm, I'm a no fluff guy. So you get to the page and you'll see, wow. Okay. Yeah. He's really true. It's no fluff here. You know, it's buttons buttons with words on it says, okay, if you're looking for this, push this button, looking for this, push this button. There's a button on there where I go into the repurposing your content that I taught for SistaSense uh, for her uh, back to business uh, conference. And, you know, so I go into just how you look at your content, how you look at repurposing, because people think that repurposing is, yeah, I taped this thing and then I pushed it to Facebook, Twitter, this, that, and the other. And they don't realize, no, 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 that's not repurposing. Repurposing is when you repurpose it for the platform, for the people on the platform. You actually take a little modicum of caring. Okay. Who is this reaching and how do I need to reach them? I'm not going to go into this space and start talking Chinese to you because you won't understand me. Mm -hmm. So I need to learn the language and then I need to present this in this language. So I teach that inside of that workshop. You know, how do you go through and look at even building out your editorial calendar? How do you make sure that you're doing the right thing? You know, there's there's like levels to this, and it's really easier than you think. Tedious, but it's easier. It's just common sense. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm definitely gonna put that link. I'll put that link in the show notes, everybody, so you can have a get e- get that uh, access that easily. But uh, the Jason Hodge, thank you so much for being here, my brother. I really, really appreciate it. And um, for those of you, this is your first time tuning in. Make sure that you subscribe and leave a review. And we have a a new episode of the Grind and Gratitude show that drops every single Monday. That's it for now. I will catch you in the next episode. Take care. Thanks so much for being my co-host on this episode of the Grind and Gratitude show. I really appreciate you. I hope that you learned something and you're motivated to take action and get on your grind. Didn't that go by fast? If you want more, head over to grindandgratitude.com for show notes and more information about this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a rating so more people will tune in. And let me say this, there's something special about you. Grind until you find it. Be grateful when you get it.